0: Hello, I'm Alice Sharp and I'm delighted to welcome you to Forecast. I'm the Artistic Director of Invisible Dust and I founded Invisible Dust in 2009 and since then we've been working between artists and scientists to explore the pressing environmental issues of our times. We will today be exploring storytelling around our planet's future George Vasey, our Associate Curator, and I will be guiding us through today. We are hoping it will feel a bit like a story, with many connections from one conversation to the next. I'd really like to thank the Royal Docks, um, Sarah and Kate are here, the Greater London Authority, Shirley and her team, and University College London for supporting Forecast, and my own team at Invisible Dust for working tirelessly on this event. Forecast is part of Sea Change, commissions here at the Royal Docks and the Thames Barrier Park till the 29th of May. And we have four commissions, two of the artists speaking today, Rax Media Collective and Melanie Manshow. Also Simon Faithful and Dana Olarescu. Thank you so much to those artists. Sea Change is part of the Royal Docks at the Docks programme throughout the summer. And please see the Royal Docks website for details. I'm just gonna pass over to Laura, our general manager from Invisible Dust, and then we're gonna have opening remarks from Shirley, Mark, and me. So thank you very much. Um, we are on social media, we're at invisible underscore dust on Twitter and Instagram, and our hashtag today is forecast stories. Um, I'm delighted to introduce the Deputy Mayor for Environment and Energy from the Great London Authority, Shirley Rodriguez. Uh, thank you for being so supportive of our previous work, um, both
1: forecast and brief for Ella by Dryden Goodwin. Morning all, and thank you very much for that introduction, and welcome to... City Hall here in uh, London's Royal Docks. Um, And it's really great to be here at Forecast 2023, where there's going to be a fantastic space to um, really promote that creativity, to encourage discussion on climate change, exploring themes from energy supply, biodiversity and climate activism. Um, And standing in City Hall today, I'm sure you'll hear this uh, throughout today, um, we're in the Royal Docks, which has been transformed and and just thinking about how that relates to climate change, London's wider environment and sustainable development. Um, The development of the docks in the 1800s enabled steamships, largely powered by fossil fuels, mainly coal, to trade globally, which, of course, led to uh, huge increases in carbon dioxide. And whilst traditional industry has ceased in the area, and the transport sector has a way to go in its journey to net zero, and our buildings, of course, New City Hall in the heart of the docks is attempting to act as a beacon for sustainability. Um, Our building has achieved the highest possible certification for sustainable construction as a retrofitted building. Um, So it's it's a really fitting venue to bring all of you who are really passionate about creating a more sustainable city in one space. And it highlights more than anything, the potential for change, but also the importance of working together, united by a collective vision. And the mayor, Sadiq Khan, uh, is clear in his vision for London. He wants to make uh, our city a cleaner, greener, fairer, and happier city where everybody can flourish. In December 2018, he declared a climate emergency, the first megacity to do so in the world. And in 2020, he brought forward his uh, London net zero carbon target from 2050 to 2030, in recognition of the growing evidence that, that the impacts are here, and we need to do much more and accelerate our action. Because of this, he's been undertaking a number of projects from retrofitting our buildings to re, you know to trying to rewild our city. But a key one is tackling the pollution that we have in our city. Um, he's introduced the world's first ultra low emission zone, resulting in cleaner air for more than 4 million people, including children in over 1,000 schools and less traffic across the capital. He's adopted a healthy streets approach to make our city more walkable and more greener. And as I've mentioned, we've um, published a report on rewilding, how we might rewild our city, um, and investing some money into making that a reality. And really a key thing is to make sure that Londoners have access to outdoor space. During COVID, we saw how um, unequal that access was. People don't have access to private gardens. So how do we make our public spaces greener more resilient to climate impacts, encouraging nature to prosper, but also enabling people to access it as well so that they can relax and improve their health and well-being. But in doing that, we have to work together. We don't have the powers to do that all on our own, nor do the local authorities. We have to work together across the business sector, stakeholders, utilizing communities and others to help us really thrive and uh, deliver their vision. We have a huge role here, Arts and culture is absolutely critical to that. Helping make sense of the issues of our age and great works of art, including by some of the artists exhibiting at this event today, have already commented on social injustice such as war and poverty, and now the unequal impact of air pollution and climate change as well. So it's really great to see more and more of these artworks um, and you coming together, but we need to do more. Um, I am a trustee of Artichoke, an organisation that many of you will know, so I do know how important community engagement is. But alongside that, City Hall will stand with you to do as much as we can do to promote the message, whether it's through our Kickstart programme to schools. We've currently asked young Londoners to submit poster designs for Clean Air Day to celebrate clean and healthy air. Clean Air Day, if you don't know, is on the 15th of June. And, of course, we support the London Borough of Culture, Lewisham, last year uh, or in, in 23 produced uh, a number of events focusing on climate change and we have now uh, new works happening in Croydon as well and of course our work to support artists through creative enterprise zones as well. So as I've said we can't deliver this on our own we really uh, need you to help us so it's fantastic to see the work being showcased here today at cost 2023 and to see such a huge array of People coming alongside each other, from scientists, journalists, young people and artists. You know, this is really an inspiring event, and we really need you to inspire um, the message that we can take action on climate change. You'd have heard uh, a number of criticisms um, by people um, of science. I'm sure Mark has had this on Twitter and others. Sadiq has had it, I've had it, lots of other people have. And we really need you to help us to raise your voices to say, that climate change is real, air pollution is real, the evidence is there, but we can make a difference and we can make a change and things are happening to do that. Um, So so I hope you join me uh, in in your artworks and whatever you're doing to to raise that message. I hope you have a really productive day today here at City Hall uh, and look forward to seeing the outcome of today's event. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much Shirley and all your support for our projects as well. Um, I just wanted to introduce Mark Maslin, who's the Professor of Earth System Science University College London. When we first thought of Forecast and we thought about the context of the real Docks, Mark was one of the first people I met and started to talk about this incredible role of the Anthropocene and transition to fossil fuels. So it'd be really, really interesting to hear him saying something now. And he's also speaking in a panel this afternoon.
2: Thank you, Alice. And actually, I can see most of you going, what's an Earth system scientist? That's me. So what I do is I study the climate of the past, the present, and the future. But I also engage with groups both in London, art groups, and businesses around the city. So I represent UCL. UCL has been supporting this symposium. And several of my brilliant colleagues are actually going to be talking today. And I think, in many ways, it's very appropriate that UCL is representing our great city. It was set up in 1827 as the first secular university in the United Kingdom. Anyone, regardless of race, creed, or religion, could actually apply to UCL. As opposed to Oxford and Cambridge, at that point, you had to actually sign And I love academics. You had to sign that you were a member of the Church of England, whether you were or weren't, but you still had to sign the paper. So the only requirements for being at UCL were that you had to be smart enough and you had to be male. I apologize. It wasn't until 1878 that women were allowed into UCL on an equal basis. But this is an interesting period of time between 1827 and 1878, because this is when the Industrial Revolution took off. It only happened once in the whole of the global economy, in the Midlands in the 1840s. It spread like a virus across the whole of Europe. By the 1880s, it made it to Ukraine, but it also made it to Japan, the USA, and Canada, and is still spreading around the world today. And many of us see this as perhaps the beginning of the Anthropocene, the period of time when humans became a geological superpower, influencing an impact on almost every part of the Earth system. It is the beginning of globalization and the era of fossil fuels. And I'll just give you a few facts, just so you can actually be reassured that we really are in the Anthropocene. Every year, we move more soil, rock, and sediment than all the natural processes put together. We have made enough concrete to cover the whole world's surface, including the oceans, in a layer two millimeters thick. We make over 300 million tons of plastic every single year much of it ends up in our rivers our oceans and there's even microplastics being found in human blood and the best story i have is that a plastic bag has been found at the bottom of the mariana's trench in the northwest pacific seven kilometers down unfortunately it was just a white plastic bag just imagine if it said tesco's a wall mark on it. That would have been a blow for the Anthropocene. We've cut down 3 trillion trees. That's half the trees on the planet. And my last fact, the one that actually makes me go to sleep at night terrified, is the weight of land mammals. So we actually put them on scales. 30% are you humans. There are 8 billion of us. 67% is our livestock and our pets. Just 3% of the weight of land mammals are all those wild animals that we sit on the sofa on a Sunday night watching David Attenborough, bless him, and see all the wonders of nature, just 3%. So welcome to the Anthropocene. So the Royal Docks, where we are, were first built in 1859. The products of the Industrial Revolution had to be actually spread out and pushed through into the rest of the world. So we could actually take the goods that we wanted from them. And I do mean take. So it's also within this decade that the shift between sale and coal happened. And therefore, we have, as Shirley said, we entered the fossil fuel age in shipping. The docks were decommissioned by Margaret Thatcher, who also, as we know, closed the GLC, purely because Red Ken was facing her opposite in County Hall, opposing her every move. Now, that has become a posh hotel and aquarium. So it seems that neoliberalism has actually won that battle. Like the Phoenix, the GLA has risen from the ashes, and so are the Royal Docks. We are now here in a regenerative phase where the Royal Docks will be looking at green energy, green industries, and supporting that move to a better 21st century. But of course, I've just mentioned the globalization and climate change have not gone away. They've just moved to Tilbury, where massive container ships bring consumer goods that none of us need and we only think we want. So that is why I think that art and science is critical to the endeavor to make this a better world. And it counters the narrative that more is better. And I, for one, am looking forward to hearing all the amazing talks and feeling the creativity that is central to this event and our great city. Thank you.
0: What stories are shaping how you are thinking about the future of the planet? I would like to offer a curatorial context for today by beginning our storytelling in its setting of the Royal Docks, built, as been said, in the 19th century. The tides of history. There was a time when the tide of history filled the Thames with forests of masts of wooden ships, then swept them away again. A new tide brought a forest of funnels, belching steam and soot and carbon dioxide, if only we'd known. These two were swept away by a forest of towers of glass and steel. Docks are the place where the familiar is swept away by the strange and the new. Wonderful new ideas, new cultures, new people, even foods changing our bodies, where nations and cultures meet and exchange. The tides brought in the world of ideas to London. Undreamt ideas came ashore. And thoughts and ideas from here go out on the outgoing tide. So who is going to look to the future tide? Trying to look forward is more difficult. To see what the next tide will bring. That is what artists and thinkers do. That is what we are doing today. We have invited keynotes from celebrated authors Amy Jeffs and Ben Okri, real storytellers encouraging us to imagine, two panels on art and science of storytelling, and sea change artists in conversation. Like the name for our sea change exhibition, which comes from The Tempest, by one of the world's greatest storytellers, William Shakespeare, We can see there is a sea change coming. And we are turning to authors, artists, and other thinkers to help us imagine what the next tide of history will bring and how we might deal with it. Thank you.